It's time to get the most in-depth coverage of University of Tennessee football recruiting with Football Futures. Now, here's Josh Ward. Welcome in to Football Futures, presented by Twin Peaks. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on tonight's show, as there has been a lot going on with Tennessee football. The Tennessee coaching search continues, as Tennessee's new athletic director, Danny White, is looking for the next head coach to replace Jeremy Pruitt. In the meantime, players on Tennessee's roster are trying to figure out exactly what their future might be. Some guys have entered the transfer portal, which obviously can have an effect on the future. Guys can decide to go back to Tennessee. That's still a possibility. In the first segment of tonight's show, I'm going to go through some names that have entered the transfer portal, how that affects Tennessee's football team. We're going to look at the offensive side of the ball in the first segment. Eric Kane and I are going to talk about Eric Gray's departure. That's obviously not good, but Tennessee did sign three running backs in the 21 class. That could help. We'll talk about that. The offensive line is going to have to be reworked with departures, starting with Trey Smith and Brandon Kennedy, but also, again, the transfer portal comes into play. So we'll do that here in segment number one. Tennessee did pick up a commitment from a junior college wide receiver. I'll tell you about him on tonight's show. And then also on tonight's show, Tennessee's top signee in the 2021 class. Will he stick with Tennessee? And Gerard Mayo, who is a coach now and has been talked about with Tennessee's coaching position. I don't know that Tennessee's going to go that route this year, but he's going to be a head coach someday, whether it's in the NFL or in college. He talks about what a program needs, and it applies to Tennessee. What the next coach is going to need to do at Tennessee, you will hear that in the next segment of Football Futures. It's here, presented by Twin Peaks, as Twin Peaks is there on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike. It's in between Kingston Pike and Paper Mill Drive. They have it all. They have a great menu. They have TVs all over the place, whatever sporting event you're looking for. Basketball every night. Hockey has started up. You can find it at Twin Peaks. Great place to stop in for lunch during the day. Twin Peaks also lets you know just how cold that beer is. They have the sign on the wall. When you come in, you know how cold that draft beer is at Twin Peaks. Located on North Shore Drive near Kingston Pike, in between Kingston Pike and Paper Mill Drive. And last week with the news of Jeremy Pruitt being fired, There was a turn to the recruiting trail, but also the transfer portal, as this year, it's not the best time. If you think about, actually, the last two coaching changes, when Butch Jones was fired and Jeremy Pruitt was hired, well, that was the first year of the early signing period. That was new. That was something that the new staff at Tennessee had to deal with. Now, with the coaching change, it's the first time that players are expected. It's not official yet, but that players are expected to be able to transfer and play elsewhere right away, and you've seen a bunch of players hop into the transfer portal. That was already happening at Tennessee. And remember, players can come back. Austin Pope went into the transfer portal and then changed his mind and decided he wanted to return to Tennessee. But in the middle of the week last week, there were four big names that went into the transfer portal. Eric Gray and Jameer Johnson on offense, and then two linebackers, Henry Tooto and Quavaris Crouch. The Johnson news was significant in that Wanya Morris had announced that he was planning to transfer to Oklahoma And with Morris gone, that made Johnson's presence even more important, in my opinion. And again, this is a conversation that can be subject to change because players can change their mind. On Friday, word came out that cornerback Keyshawn Lawrence had entered the transfer portal. He was the highest rated signee in the 2020 class, and he was a player that was expected to make a big jump for Tennessee next year because of the departure of Bryce Thompson, who declared for the NFL draft. So if Lawrence does transfer and go somewhere else, that's a big hit to Tennessee's secondary, which is going to have to replace its top corner from this past season. 
So what those guys end up doing ultimately will play a big role in what Tennessee's football team is because I, I know the season wasn't good, and I know some of those guys haven't lived up to all of their high rankings coming out of high school. But one, you don't want to lose players who are talented. Also, if you think that they may have underachieved because the coaching wasn't good enough, well, then wouldn't you expect that as long as you get the right coaches in, they can help get more out of those players? Plus, there can be a numbers issue. You can't just replace one for one if the numbers get too big. You can only bring 25 players in in a class, a rule that I think should be adjusted, but that's where it is right now. So that's something to pay attention to. What those players who entered the transfer portal ultimately end up doing time is of the essence and of course guys can stick with the team right now and then later on after this spring semester still decide to move on if that's what they want to do also with Darnell Wright's ultimate decision let's see what he does because you know think about this the 2018 class the number one signee in that class was J.J. Peterson he's not on Tennessee's team anymore the number one signee in the 2020 class as I mentioned is Keyshawn Lawrence he announced that he's transferring to Oklahoma. That news came out earlier this evening. The number one signee in the 2021 class is Dylan Brooks, so he's not even on campus yet. Well, he reportedly asked out of his letter of intent. If he does not go to Tennessee, that means the number one signees in the 2018, 19, 20, and 21 class could potentially not be on the team, depending on what Darnell Wright ultimately decides to do. He did announce through an Instagram account on Monday evening that he plans to be at Tennessee. He never entered the transfer portal, to be clear here. But the fact that he wanted to make an announcement, it does at least make me wonder. We wonder with all of these players. But right now, the 18 class, 20 class, and 21 class, number one signees for Tennessee are all very much in doubt for this upcoming 2021 season. So I know this show is not starting off with a lot of positivity here, but personnel obviously matters and talent matters. That's what this show is largely about, and that's what Tennessee's next coach is going to have to replace. This is not an easy time. These players are trying to figure out what's going on. They don't know who their coach is going to be. Some assistant coaches are left over, but there's only so much they can say because they don't know if they're going to be at Tennessee, and they can't tell these players who the head coach is going to be. So you do your best to try to keep them comfortable and at least preach patience to those players to not jump to a conclusion. Roll that jump to conclusion, Matt, back up and wait until you get more information before making a big decision for your future. I'm sure that's part of the message that Tennessee is trying to make. While they're also recruiting and talking to prospects who are in the transfer portal, potentially. And then also, you know, the 2022 class, those guys want some answers. They don't have to make a final decision, but they're being recruited by other schools whose coaching staffs are in place. So Tennessee doesn't have to rush into a hire, but the longer this goes, the more frustrating it can be for the players as they're trying to figure out what their futures are. And everybody's not going to leave. You've seen some players on social media, Lante Taylor, Darrell Middleton, Phelous Jones come out and talk about, hey, we're, we're going to stick together. Things are going to be fine. And those are some of the players that Tennessee is going to look to to, to step up. Now, at the running back position, with Eric Gray appearing to move on, the players who have been signed, guys who are coming back like Jabari Small, D. Beckwith potentially, they're going to have big opportunities in the backfield. Eric Kane and I talked about that. Eric Kane, of course, of the starting lineup. He covers some recruiting for VolQuest.com as well. We talked about the running back position and a few other personnel notes with the transfer portal news last week. Eric Kane and I first talking about Eric Gray and his decision to enter the transfer portal. Yeah, you know, with Eric Gray, I, I thought it'd be, it was a really, really good opportunity for him as now a junior coming into the season 2021 with no Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler's moving on and 
you know, a really good situation there in North Carolina, but it was evident that, you know, this was Eric Gray's backfield now. And, you know, he got the majority of the snaps and, you know, Ty Chandler still had a role in this team, but, you know, Eric Gray was kind of RB1. And so you thought his workload might even increase even more. Um, he's a guy that burst on the scene, as you mentioned, against Vanderbilt back in 2019. And uh, he's just, you know, really using the passing game a little bit on the dump downs and good after catch, um, you know, runs in between the tackles. He's elusive. Uh, he's quick. He's fast. I think he's a smart player, good teammate. So obviously it's a big loss. And, you know, it, outside, you know, different from the running back room compared to the inside linebacker room, you have some guys there that you feel okay about. I mean, Jabari Small, you know, hardly played at all. But when he did, it's like, man, I, I like to see a little bit more of him. You've got some, as of now, you've got some guys who are signed to come on that you thought were going to help anyway in, in Cody Brown and Tyon Evans. And so you feel a little bit better about that moving forward. But still, Eric Gray was your best offensive player. And, uh, you know, guys like him don't just come around all that time. And so uh, it's very, very unfortunate to lose a Tennessee guy, too, that grew up a ball fan in Eric Gray if he does decide to uh, continue on through the portal. Yeah, I, I think pretty easily we could argue from the 2020 season – Four of the top four or five offensive players were Eric Gray, Trey Smith, Brandon Kennedy, Josh Palmer. They're all gone. Uh, now you have Jalen Hyatt, who helps, and you have Bayless Jones, who's coming back at wide receiver. So we are talking about some players here who are replaceable, but uh, you know that Eric Gray is really good. You're hoping that Tyon Evans and Cody Brown, again, assuming he sticks with, with his signing with Tennessee and, and Jalen Wright, that they can fill those holes it's just it's a huge unknown quarterback is obviously changing we'll see how that plays out and you know the roster is still to be determined we don't know who else might enter the transfer portal even uh, either this week or at the end of the spring semester that's to be determined yeah it very well is to be determined I mean what's Darnell Wright gonna do you're seeing uh, yeah. the, the guy you came in with Wanya Morris he's going on to better things at Oklahoma right now you're seeing Trey Smith leave you're seeing um Brandon Kennedy move on, uh, Cade Mays staying, and you know that helps. But what's the future for Darnell Wright? He's a guy that I'm very puzzled with right now as well. That would be a huge loss. And though Darnell Wright did not have a, a very good season per se, um, still a guy that played as true freshman, played as a sophomore, played through injuries. He's a guy you want on your team and a guy that you think has a very high ceiling. And so, you know, what's the expectation there? What is Harrison Bailey, you know, sitting and doing? You know, his dad came out on social media a couple weeks ago amidst all the Jeremy Pruitt conversation and saying, hey, we signed on to play for Coach Pruitt. You know, we like Coach Pruitt. Coach Pruitt's, you know, Jeremy Pruitt's gone now. Um, what's Harrison Bailey do? Hendon Hooker came in and, you know, was signed by Jeremy Pruitt. You know, Hendon Hooker obviously is a guy that I think is going to push Harrison Bailey. But, you know, what's the conversations like there? And so it's just a very puzzling time for Tennessee because when you make a move at the head coaching position, your, your thoughts immediately go to, well, how does that affect recruiting? How does that affect the class? You know, Tennessee signed, you know, uh, you know, 20 of the 25 spots in December, 19 of the 25 spots and brought in uh, another guy in hooker already. So it's a little di bit different from the Lane Kiffin situation to whereas you're not in scramble mode completely. But these guys, even though they're still signed, they could very well try to get out of the national letter of intent, try to appeal, try to move on, uh, because these are circumstances outside of their control. Eric Kane of the starting lineup. He covers recruiting as well for VolQuest.com. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I feel for the players because there has been change and there are, are bigger issues to deal with, I know, in the world. But they signed to Tennessee, most likely to play for Jeremy Pruitt. And a lot of those guys were attached to Jeremy Pruitt. That's maybe why we've seen some players move on. Players have differing feelings. Not everybody probably was on board with Jeremy Pruitt, but many were, and we've seen them express some of that publicly but also many of those guys want to play at Tennessee many of those players 
want to have success at Tennessee and want to help bring Tennessee football back, at least get it back to where it was a year ago when Tennessee had a successful run at the end of the 2019 season. And for the players who have signed, Julian Nixon is a player who told Eric Hayne he wants to be at Tennessee. Same for Cody Brown, it looks like. Defensive lineman Katron Evans looks locked in. That's what he told Eric. So uh, all is not lost. While Dylan Brooks may look to move on, Tennessee still has a number of good players in the class. It's not what it was expected to be last spring when Tennessee had a top three to top five class in the country. It's not really anywhere close to that level. But you still have some players that you can build around. Tennessee will have an opportunity on the transfer market to bring some players in. What if Hendon Hooker takes off? at quarterback what if Harrison Maley makes a big jump it's going to take more than that for sure at Tennessee but that's kind of your starting point as we talk about some of the other more experienced more talented players moving on and again that is a big deal if you think about the top players from last year's team as I mentioned on offense Trey Smith and Brandon Kennedy on the offensive line and then Eric Gray Josh Palmer Brandon Johnson played a role but he's more replaceable that that's where Jalen Hyatt you hope will step up and some of those Second-year players will have more of an opportunity. Bayless Jones, of course, coming back helps on the defensive side. You have to replace Bryce Thompson. Now you have to replace Key Lawrence. Looks like you're probably having to replace all of your starting linebackers. All of that just it adds up. And if you're looking to kind of hand off the role of, okay, you're the leader now. I'm moving on. Like Trey Smith on the offensive line, a player that you might say, okay, you're next would be Wanya Morris. But then he announces a transfer to Oklahoma. You get the, the gist of it. It creates more of a challenge. And that maybe slows the process of trying to build the culture that is needed. That's something that Gerard Mayo is going to talk about in the next segment, what the former Tennessee great linebacker had to say about what the next coach will need to do, what he will need to build at Tennessee. I'll have that coming up next here on Football Futures. It's presented by Twin Peaks. My name's Josh Ward. You're listening to FM 99.1, The Sports Animal. Checking in with Tennessee football commitments and prospects. It's Football Futures with Josh Ward. Welcome back into Football Futures. Thanks for being here. There is a new commitment to tell you about before the show ends here on uh, Football Futures presented by Twin Peaks. Before that, Tennessee's coaching search continues. Danny White, Tennessee's new athletic director, is looking for the next coach to replace Jeremy Pruitt. And the Tennessee job is a very good job. It is not a job without challenges, though. Tennessee has not won much in a while. Tennessee has a roster that needs to be rebuilt. And then there is the culture. Tennessee needs to find a winning culture. And that doesn't happen overnight. Not at a place where it hasn't been in place for an extended period of time for a long time. That's something that former Tennessee linebacker Gerard Mayo, who is now on staff with the New England Patriots, talked about last week when he was on 104.5 The Zone in Nashville in the morning with Jason Martin and Ramon Foster. And Jerron Mayo is a guy that knows about culture. He was at Tennessee when Tennessee was winning at a high level and competing for championships. And then he played for the New England Patriots, had a long career playing for Bill Belichick, and now is a part of the organization on staff with the New England Patriots. And he talked about that. What the next coach at Tennessee will need to do, this is Jerron Mayo, on 104.5 The Zone talking to Jason Martin and Ramon Foster last week talking about Tennessee and what it will need from its next coach. you got to get a head coach in there that's really going to establish the culture, right? And, and to me, that is the number one step. Like, the AD is the AD. It is what it is. Like, he could be there. But honestly, he's not really contributing to wins and losses besides picking the head ball coach. And I, I think, like, bringing a head ball coach in there that loves football, okay, loves to connect, loves the – 
you know, the relationship aspect of coaching. Because when you look at college football, it's really about the player. Mm-hmm. Even, even in the NFL, it's about the player. But in college football, it's really about, you know, getting good players in there, like developing those guys on a day-to-day basis, not only to become good football players, but also good men. And so when you bring those guys in there, you bring these young kids, you're bringing kids in there, right? And you're trying to develop them on and off the field. Like you got to put as much stress on them as possible. And if those guys enter the transfer portal, it is what it is. They don't want to be great. And so all the players that I've been around, all the great players, right? The Tom Brady's, the Randy Moss, all those guys, all those great players, they want to be coached hard. They want to be coached hard. So I would say bring a coach in there that's going to coach these guys hard, both on and off the field and develop young men that are able to deal with adversity on a day-to-day basis. Because when you look at a football game, right, when you look at a football game, they're going to be ups and downs. I don't care who you're playing. You could be playing the weakest school in the country, but they're still going to be ups and downs throughout that game. And being able to deal with that adversity on a day-to-day basis and practice in the weight room, all of that stuff carries over to the games. And so hopefully they just bring a head coach in there that can kind of instill that mental toughness, you know, doing what's right. I mean, doing what's best for the team, even though it may not be good for you individually. And, like, we always talk about leaving I, you, and me in the locker room, and we got some work to do, all right? And so building that culture and building that team aspect, like, that to me is the number one thing you got to do. When we, when you left UT in 2007, um, and I know schools go through a lot of stuff, but could you have imagined, it, imagined that we'd be here right now? <laughs> no, no way, man. Like, you know, I felt like, you know, we left the program in a pretty good spot. You know, we lost the SEC championship, yeah. uh, which was disappointing. But, you know, obviously, you know, to go from that to where we are today, you know, multiple head coaches and really just a, a sense of uh, no culture. You know what I mean? Like, even before we got there, like Tennessee, like, they were a great team. Like, they had great teams. There was an established culture. Um, and we tried to continue that through our years, but then after that, it's like, I don't know what happened. You know, the following year, they fired Coach Fulmer. You know, even though they had a bunch of good players, they just had a down year, and then it's never been the same. And here we are still having this conversation more than 12 years after Philip Fulmer was fired as Tennessee's head coach, and you've seen multiple head coaches, multiple athletic directors, and now there is a new era with Danny White in place as the athletic director, and that is a good step. He is a very well-respected athletic director, as I'm sure you've heard at this point. And next we'll see what he does hiring a head coach. But it's about establishing that culture, and that is not an overnight thing. Certainly it won't be at Tennessee. But if if recruiting goes in the right direction and the right kind of staff is put in place and a head coach who has thick skin, to me that is something that's going to be required here. Somebody who understands it's a really good opportunity. It's a job where you can win and a program where you can have great success. And if that happens, the fans are going to love you. But there will be criticism that can come along the way if you don't do everything right. And uh, with a big-time job can come big-time pressure, and that has been the case at Tennessee. And I think that's maybe affected coaches at times. So a coach with thick skin who understands what the challenge at Tennessee is that's really important. And in the meantime, you try to get as much talent as you can and build and develop and hope the right kind of leadership sets in. That's all a part of the process of building the culture, which will be the next step for whoever the next coach is. In the meantime, we do have signing day coming up next week, and I don't know exactly what that's going to look like because this year is different with, I think, transfers being a big focus. Tennessee did take a commitment from wide receiver Anderson Kobe from Northeast Mississippi Community College last week. 6'2", 180, not a highly rated prospect. Tennessee does need help at receiver. The previous, 
well, coaching staff, part of the staff is still, of course, at Tennessee, but Jeremy Pruitt leading the way. They were looking for more help at receiver. There was talk of Tennessee maybe going after a transfer at the wide receiver position. So Tennessee looking to find more playmakers on offense to help Hendon Hooker or Harrison Bailey. Maybe Caden Salter, one of those guys, will be at quarterback this upcoming fall. Tennessee has landed Anderson Kobe. We'll see if Tennessee lands another high school prospect. Rock Taylor is still committed to Tennessee. He's an athlete, could play a number of positions, could be at receiver from Oxford, Alabama. So right now Tennessee has two commitments in the class after signing all the players they did back in December. We'll see what the status is of Dylan Brooks. Does he end up at Tennessee? Does he go somewhere else? And again, transfers will be a focus for Tennessee. Yeah, And part of the issue right now, Tennessee is having to answer questions for coaching candidates about what the NCAA situation is. Recruits might wonder about that as well. Wait a minute, are you going to be able to go to the postseason for the next couple of years? That's something that some players might wonder. And also, the next coach might have to deal with scholarship reductions. I think there's a real chance that the numbers will not be at 85 per year for Tennessee. That That's to be determined. It's an ongoing case, and there are different um, either reports or rumors out there about what Tennessee is dealing with. But Tennessee told us last week, that there were multiple level one and level two violations and that Tennessee is expecting severe penalties. I imagine Tennessee will impose, self-impose some penalties, but uh, could that affect the roster over the next few years? Certainly it could. If Tennessee's trying to rebuild with also dealing with limited scholarship numbers, that could extend the process you're going through when you're having to face the competition that Tennessee obviously does. I asked David Ubbin about that earlier today. David Ubbin covers Tennessee for TheAthletic.com, and I got his take on how this NCAA case affects Tennessee's coaching search and just affects the program, as that is definitely a big unknown hanging over the program right now. Here's what David said. Well, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty serious, and again, I think coaches are going to view it differently. You know, If you're a coach where Tennessee means something to you um, and, and you, you know, always wanted to coach for Tennessee, certainly you're going to be. Uh, more motivated than others who, you know, might be, you know, for lack of a better term, something of a hired gun and very picky about what they want to do. And Tennessee might not be that attractive. Um, but it's, it's going to be a factor. Um, it's going to make whoever takes the job, it's going to make their job more difficult. Like I said, the roster is not in fantastic shape. It's not in terrible shape. Um, but it's going to, again, you're already going to be under your 85 scholarship limit. Um, and you're going to have some scholarship limitations almost certainly as the NCAA drops its sanctions. I'm, I'm assuming Tennessee will self-impose some things, you know, in the next year or two, and, and we'll see how that shakes out. But it's going to be a challenge. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, piggybacking on, on that last statement you just made, can Tennessee, did they do themselves any favors? And Can they go to the NCAA and be like, hey, look, we we fired these guys. You know, we got wind of what was going on. We we did the, the full-on investigation. We fired these guys with cause. Can they get some leniency out of the moves that they made? Uh, the short answer to that is in theory. The real answer to that is no one should guess what the NCAA is going to do. <laughs> you know, very good. The NCAA yeah. sort of picks its spots to flex and picks its spots to, uh, uh, you know, have a, a, a lighter touch, and you never really know. Um, so, in theory, you know, transparency helps you. Self-imposing helps you. You know, not hiding things can help you, but. You know, it's still pretty serious allegations. I mean, you're talking about dozens of major violations. Um, you know, regardless of how bad things could be, you know, right now you haven't had any into the blade trouble for a little while, and, and there is certainly some coming. 
David Ubbin of TheAthletic.com earlier today on Sports 180. Here with a couple of minutes to go, how about I finish on a more positive note? As I mentioned, Tennessee has a good class. It's not an elite class. It's not one that compares to what Georgia and Alabama have signed or a few other schools in the SEC. But linebacker Aaron Willis is on campus. He's a guy that might be asked to help right away. I imagine he'll be asked to help right away with the expected departures of Henry Toto and Quavaris Crouch. Remember, that's uh, still somewhat up in the air. Same with Cayman Marley, who could end up being a linebacker in this class, a very talented athlete from North Carolina. And part of the assumption with some of these guys that I will mention is that they stick with Tennessee if they haven't arrived on campus yet. Willis is on campus. Marley is not. Having Caden Salter on campus obviously helps. Having Katron Evans pretty strongly stick with his commitment after signing with Tennessee to Tennessee. I, I think that is really good. Uh, same with Cody Brown, assuming that he does. There is talent in this class. Losing Eric Gray is no good. He also plays a position that is replaceable. You have to replace Gray and Ty Chandler, who was a quality player for Tennessee, played a lot at Tennessee, and he's now leaving. But it helps that you have Tyon Evans, a highly rated junior college running back. It helps that you have Jalen Wright on campus and Cody Brown, as I mentioned. In the secondary, you're going to have to replace Bryce Thompson and Key Lawrence. It helps that you have Deshaun Rucker signed in the class, and Christian Charles is on campus. I'm not saying that Tennessee's going to have an elite secondary in the SEC, but they signed uh, a couple of nice pieces. Tennessee missed on corners, though. They missed on Tamarius McGee and, and Nyland Green, and that could come back to bite Tennessee. I would be looking for help still if I'm Tennessee. Uh, Byron Young being an addition, if he can come in and help as a pass rusher immediately, maybe that, that can help your defense more quickly. There are players to work with. There is something to build around. They just need more. They need more depth. They're, they're going to need more development. They're going to need more buy-in from players and, uh, and leaders to step up because I don't know that they had enough of that last year, and now most of the best players are gone. This is going to take time. That's the focus of this show, Football Future. So I'll be back next Monday. If you missed any of the episode, it is podcasted on the website and on the WNML app and Apple Podcasts. Big thanks to Sam Foreman for producing tonight. Thank you for being here on Football Futures presented by Twin Peaks. My name's Josh Ward. We have CBS Sports coming up and then Vol Calls at 8 o'clock tonight right here on 99.1, the Sports